welcome to the podcast Lotus Eaters, episode 737. Hopefully this one doesn't go down in flames. Uh, today you're joined by me, your host, Harry, and Connor. That's and, encouraging. Yes. And our special guest, Hello. Aiden Paladin. Hi, everybody. For the first time on the <laughs> website. Before we get into anything, would you like to tell everybody who you are and where they sure. can find you? Yeah, uh, my name is Aiden Paladin, A-Y-D-I-N, Paladin, as you would expect it to be spelled. Um, I cover mostly the intersection of social science research and news, politics, popular culture topics. So, yeah, if you're interested in any of that and are interested in research, check me out, I guess. <laughs> Where? Oh, Aiden Paladin at YouTube, A-Y-D-I-N, Paladin. Okay. Yep. Or on Twitter, I guess. I, um, we I all spend there. far too much time yeah, on Twitter. Yeah, obviously, yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately. <we> <laughs> Yes, and today we're going to be covering uh, Canada's fake genocide, which has been a bit of news for a few years at this point. People have been pointing out it's been fake for years, but this is the first time we're doing it, as far as I'm aware. We're also going to be talking about, I'm going to try and decide for this, AWFLs are awful. Awfuls. You're welcome, Harry. Awfuls are awful, very clever. I know all Northerners are dyslexic. Yeah, no, I thought it was... A, who cares? Uh, and then... <laughs> And then I'm going to be asking uh, whether we all bleed the same or not. Uh, Spoiler like Ben Affleck's Batman right now. I'm really tired, man. (laughs) Trying to muster. Bring the energy, come on. Trying to muster energy right now, and my coffee is slightly too warm to drink. So we'll uh, get on with it, shall we? Okay. So Canada has had a fake genocide going on for a little while now. Apparently, it was going on from the mid, well, early 1900s to the mid 1900s, where people were just going to school, indigenous people were going to school and ruthlessly and brutally being murdered by their teachers for no reason other than blatant out and out racism. Yeah, they were accusing Catholic schools of doing this. And then suddenly mm-hmm. people were going around and burning down churches, and lots of the Canadian mm-hmm. government were saying, well, we understand the sentiment. Yes, of course. We're not going to condemn it. Like Jeremy Corbyn, we, we, we uh, you know, condemn all violence of all kinds, but nothing in particular, nothing specifically, though. So, um, and I thought I'd talk about that because it's all bunk. It always has been bunk. Obviously, schools occasionally have bad things happen at them, but you, it's not like a meat grinder where you just went into these schools, you got processed through and then just shoved into a mass grave out back. As we'll discuss in a moment, after I tell you all about the premium videos that we have on the website constantly, all the time coming out, day after day, it never stops. Why well, Harry's you so sh- tired. Yeah, <laughs> and you should never stop paying for them either because it's as little as £5 a month. This one in particular is one that we had with the um, notorious academic Nimi Parbibi um, on uh, Economics of Empire, uh, a new episode of Brokenomics, Dan series, which was very good. So you should check that out because, of course, everything that we're living in right now is the sad outcome of empire, including the terrible, terrible case of the missing school children. This was a New York Times article that was amended in January of 2022, but originally came out in June 2021. And this was part of a massive surge in all of these articles, all coming out at the same time going, oh my God, Christians murdered millions of children, billions of children, trillions of children who were indigenous to Canada, all went missing. But that's not what the original title was. It was actually uh, because because this, even though the article is basically the exact same, they changed the title to be a little less inflammatory because as more and more information was coming out, they were starting to think, mm, this, this doesn't look good if we're just out and out lying about the information. So it was originally mass graves, and then it turned into missing children, vanished children, ghost children. Poof. Something happened. Into, into thin air. 
It was probably those dastardly Catholics. They're Some known people for did something. Mea culpa, mea culpa. Yes, something happened. And let's, let's go through the original claims that were part of this article, because once again, it doesn't matter if you're going with they were murdered or they vanished into thin air. The actual content of these articles was all the same. And this New York Times one, for what it's worth, was is a good summation of everything that was going on at the time regarding the reporting here. So uh, they say, uh, the discovery of the remains of hun- hundreds of children at the sites of defunct schools in British Columbia and southern Saskatchewan. What is Saskatchewan. With- Saskatchewan. Yeah. It's Bless Canadian. You. Who cares? Yeah, right, exactly. Uh, yeah, has rekindled discussion of a sinister time in Canada's history. Can I, can I, just, can I just ask, the remains of hundreds of children, as, as far as I'm aware, they didn't actually find any bodies. I don't know what you're on about. It's not right. like it was literally ground-penetrating radar that found soil disturbances and they immediately jumped and went, children! Dead children! Right. Okay, so not, not, a, single, not a single bone, not, not a bit of teeth. They're all just Jimmy Hoffa, right? Yes. Okay, gotcha. Right. Yeah. Well, I believe in this. Obviously, because it, it's, it's very telling to me that leftists, whenever they see any soil disturbance, they just go, well, obviously hundreds of thousands of people must have been murdered here because that is generally what the leftists do whenever they go into anywhere. They Except in the well, I think that's just because that's what's going on in their heads. Yeah. They're thinking okay. about well, what would a bunch of people. What would I thinking, have yeah. done? Right, yeah, wishful thinking on their yeah. part. Yeah, what would I have that's done in this do. situation? Right. Obviously, I as a leftist communist would have murdered hundreds of thousands of children. So that's the only solution right. to this mystery that we've uncovered here. That's going on Lotus Eaters out of context. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Across Canada, many indigenous communities are beginning the lengthy process of identifying unmarked graves on the grounds of former residential schools and investigating the deaths of children who attended the schools where generations were abused and sometimes died. There will be a twist to this story, don't worry. In late June, the remains of 751 people, mainly indigenous children, very, very suspiciously specific numbers that they're using Mm -hmm. in all of this, were discovered at the site of a former school in the province of Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan, thank you. A Canadian indigenous group said, the discovery, the largest one to date, came less than a month after the remains of 200 people, mostly children, once again, very, very specific numbers, were found in unmarked graves on the grounds of another former boarding school in British Columbia. In July, the... Can you try and pronounce this one for me? Penaleku? Sounds right. Yeah, Penaleku's tribe in British Columbia. Thank you for being my translator <laughs> for this. Said it had uncovered about 160 undocumented and unmarked graves. Now, this reminds me of the... 90s satanic panic where they said that there were daycares committing ritualistic child abuse and there were loads of women that went to prison for it despite mm-hmm. not having actually killed them. It, it is suspiciously similar in that. Now, I have seen some more recent things that show that, or where I've heard people say, maybe there was something to that. Maybe there actually was. It looked satanic like there was. Panic. Uh, in terms of the, the schools having like underground passageways and things like that. Um, oh, okay. I don't know okay, if that's, that's true or not. That's, that's concerning. It's, well, I don't know, but I've heard conflicting things about that. It did seem to be at the time that that was com- more or less completely bunk. Um, but it, I mean, that was the satanic panic at the time. It was commonplace to think that, well, it was common pop culture stuff at the time to think that mm. there were all these satanic cults going on. And you're right. It does sound very similar to that, that it's just it's right underneath everyone's noses. There's this horrible thing that happened um, and it's only now being discovered because now we're more enlightened, of course, in our progressive march through history. Yes. I do like the satanic panic looking back on it because one of the, the main uh, like claim that I'm, I remember, well, not remember, but I'm aware of because I wasn't alive during it, uh, was the whole Judas priest putting backwards messaging in their songs to get their uh, audience to kill themselves. 
when Judas Priest came out and said, why would we want the people who pay for our music to all kill themselves en masse? This would be a very bad marketing technique. Also, the fact that, what was his name? Um, Rob Halford, their singer, uh, when he came out of his drug addiction and went to rehab and came out and gave his first interview and they said, how did you get through it? He said, well, if it weren't for God and Jesus, I never would have come through the other side. Never listen to Judas Priest, might start. They're a really good band. They're really great. So th- this was all part of the in- indigenous school system that went on in the um, 20th century, earlier 20th century, I think maybe late 19th century as well, in Canada, where these schools were part of a system that took indigenous children from their families over a period of about 113 years and forced them to live in boarding schools where they were prohibited from speaking their languages. Now, obviously, this sounds terrible, but what this is literally, <laughs> what this literally could be described as is assimilation. And I'm finding it very unfortunate that leftists are going against assimilation because the latter half of the 20th century in America in particular has just been one case of forced assimilation after another, which always turns out badly. But the Catholic schools doing it probably would have had a a slightly lighter touch than the uh, US Army forces. Yeah, and and they also probably wouldn't have based it as we went through in, in Comics Corner off of the work of someone who was a big fan of Alfred Kinsey. Yeah, yeah, that's always suspicious when the same names start cropping up, don't yep. they? An estimated 150,000 indigenous children passed through the schools be- between their opening around 1883 and their closing in 1996. Since taking office in 2015, Prime Minister Blackface Justin Trudeau has prioritized putting in a pl- uh, place a list of 94 actions for commemorating the students and improving the lives of indigenous people. Some say he was this close to donning all sorts of traditional indigenous outfits and whipping himself publicly. Oh, I'm sure he had them all picked out and everything. Oh, yes, yes. But indigenous leaders believe that the government still has a long way to go. Because, of course, when you give these people an inch, they will always take a mile, unless you are literally handing them the keys to the government and handing them millions and millions and billions of dollars, the sort that would make Dr. Evil blush, then, then you're not really doing enough, are you? Again, I'd just, I just like to... To raise the point, and any actual bones by this point? You know, we're we, we reorienting. That's a racist question. <laughs> oh, I, I forget. I, yeah, I also read the Aboriginal rights yeah. bill. And we're I, going on Australian Aboriginal rights logic, which is if you ask the question, you're racist. Yeah, I've upset the rainbow snake, and therefore I must pay reparations. <laughs> there you go. The water's going to dry up, Connor. You've ruined agriculture for everyone now. So uh, it was about 20 years ago, effort was made to... Re- Find Remains started at the Kamloops School, which is one of the big places where all of these claims are coming from, which operated from 1890 till the late 70s and was once Canada's largest with 500 students at its peak. Student uh, Members of the to Kamloops in the, the indigenous words, First Nation, excuse me, made their grim discovery after bringing in ground penetrating radar. And that's where all of this contention comes from. Initially, and this is literally a lie now, <laughs> Uh, they reported finding 250 remains, but about a month later, and after further analysis of the scans, they lowered it to about 200, so I'm glad we're being scientific about this. Among the bodies found by the radar, <laughs> sorry, like when you know any of the details, as we'll get into, the, the, the fact that they're being so specific about finding bodies uh, and finding specific numbers of bodies as well is kind of hilarious. There appears to be one of a child who died as young as three. These are all lies. These are all complete lies. And listen, the specificity of the ground penetrating radar. How would you know the the approximate, even the approximate age of a child? That would seem just on prima facie, the premise seems flawed. 
But they're, they're, what they're doing is they're relying on anybody reading this will have no understanding and no experience in the kind of technology that's being used to, to make these claims. So they'll assume by ground penetrating radar that what you're getting is some incredibly detailed three-dimensional model of what the <laughs> ground looks like underneath and they're seeing bones and they're able to use these models to estimate the size of them and through that estimate the age of the people. It's involved. Hollywoodified. Of course, that's yeah. not what it's like. It's, a it's, it's like people, very It's like the people who assume that the FBI is using technology where it's literally like those ones where they go, zoom in, enhance, zoom in, enhance, and they're taking an image and making it more and more detailed with every zoom. Yeah, they, they, they think they've discovered the x-rays of essentially the children in headdresses from Peter Pan. That's what they're imagining. <laughs> exactly that. But what does this all come down to in the end? Well, on August 10th, 2021, the government announced an additional 320 million Canadian dollars for indigenous communities and then announced that they would be uh, creating an overseas indigenous relations, creating an advisory committee, including experts on archaeology, forensics and mental health. So money for friends, positions in government created for friends so that you can continue to uh, like corral money. To nice grift. People. Always happens. That's what it always ends up to ends up doing is just giving people more and more money. Lauren Southern was really mm -hmm. good from the start on contesting these claims and actually looking into what was going on because you had absolute brainlets, like lowest of the low IQ morons like Lance from the Surfs, immediately showing up, having no understanding of the technology that's been using all the real claims being made by the researchers who conducted the research in the first place, immediately showing up to say, Here's how Canada needs to pay reparations. Here's how we need to talk about uh, redis uh, what? redistribution. Yeah, redistribution and retributive justice. All of these communist talking points. And Lauren Southern was immediately there to start debating on these things and produce documentaries and also talk about how, you know, nobodies had been found in any of these graves if any of them had been excavated in the first place. Well, the reason they're jumping on this is both the sort of post-colonial narratives that have become very popular mm -hmm. and also the we way... We talk about decolonization. Yeah, and, and the way in which retributive justice often plays out, and you see this with Ibrahim X. Kendi's recommendations, you see this with Extinction Rebellion and their, their, their climate focus groups they'd like to appoint. And now with the Aboriginal Bill and with this, they're essentially creating a unelected dictatorship of the proletariat-style committee that will oversee all government policy from an intersectional lens. So it's just a useful instrument for leftism. It's just, a, it's just another avenue for the practical application of the policies they would like to see come to fruition. Yeah, soft managerialism. We need to create more and more bureaucratic departments with which we can fill with people who otherwise in society would fulfill no useful practical role so that we can funnel money to them. Yes. Ultimately, it's also just vindictive. And oh, it's, yeah. and there's research that I've read on this and I've made videos about on it, where you find that people who are in favor of redistribution of wealth to make up for past mistakes and or mistakes, whatever, uh, however you want to describe it, uh, it's very highly associated with envy, jealousy, and uh, rage. The people are not being driven out of um, altruism. They're being driven out of wanting what you have, what other people have. It is completely selfish. And in fact, some of the studies that I uh, read on this found that these people would rather have a dollar or, or you know one pound rather than have five pounds as long as other people didn't get five pounds they oh, would really? rather have less as long as other people also had less it is absolutely vindictive it is about spite and jealousy and hatred it is not about redistributing Sim similarly i've seen recently for an article that i did for the website which you should read if you're watching this it's called on the difficulty of right-wing organization i was talking about the difference between 
temperament within right and left. And some people get annoyed when you use those kinds of terms. They're more shorthand for people with particular worldviews that can be grouped together because they obviously exist. And you can see how they exist because even in um, scientific studies like what the ones that you're talking about, there was a heat map done that I referred to where it showed people's preferences, whether they um, identified as liberal or conservative, to whether you preferred to loyalty towards those of your in-group, yep. your family, your friends, those close to you, and those of your out-group, that being foreigners, minorities, and such. And consistently, conservatives always cared more about the people they know, their own personal circle. And liberals, if you want to call them that, leftists, or whatever your preferred term is, always preferred those outside of their close circle. So these people, like you say, are actively vindictive and actively hate those who should be closest to them. Actually, in that particular study, the uh, foci, the loci of, of, of concern for leftists, was actually so far out that they were more concerned with rocks in space than they were with people who were of an outgroup compared to them or their own families. They, they were also more tended to prefer animals mm -hmm. to humans. Yes, animals, plants, uh, asteroids, more important than their own families. So, which I know sounds ludicrous, but and Reddit suddenly makes so much more right, sense. Right, right, there's right, there's yeah. a total inversion of that as well, where there's the the virtuous victimhood paper that mm -hmm. was published a little while ago, where there's a Venn diagram overlap that's nearly a circle between the people that categorize themselves and the group that they believe is the best avenue to personal enrichment as victims and also dark triad traits. So yeah. they are they are they have the personality types that allow them to seize upon political issues and crises put themselves at the center of it in order to accrue uh, social capital and resources. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've read the Virtuous Victimhood paper as well. So, yep, yep exactly. Yeah, but um, going back to the specifics of what we're talking about here. So in this documentary, which is very good, I would recommend people to watch it. Uh, Lauren Sutton described how uh, at the time, let me just see when this one came out. This was still in late 2021, almost two years ago now. 64 Canadian churches had been burned down in the areas where these indigenous people were. So this has obviously created a lot of resentment in those communities where they did just decide to go over and burn down these churches. In this particular debate, Lance from the Serfs decided that he was going to try and blame it on incense <laughs> yeah. in, these, in these 60... Sorry? Just, just coincidentally, 64 churches happened to burn down after this news all because of pure incense being lit by irresponsible um, pastors right. and monks, priests, etc. If, if most of these were Catholic, um, per Vatican II, most of them don't use incense anymore, much to my chagrin, because that's actually a nice part of it. So why does no. uh, uh, why does facts and evidence have to come into this? The left is the side of science, and science doesn't need facts uh, and evidence. Yes, I forget this, this scientist who said that you can have abortion up until the point of birth, but you can't take meth because that be that would be intentionally killing the baby. Perfectly consistent. I don't know what you're talking about. But another thing that was talking about here is, as we've already mentioned, the ground penetrating, uh, penetrating radar. They actually show um, in here what it looks like. Let's see if I can find it. it was a somewhere around here oh i should have yeah yeah i think it's it's around here so i don't want to show the show the thing damn it oh oh well uh, it basically is not particularly robust in showing you what no. it actually looks like what it looks like is some very very blurry footage where you can see lines displayed on the screen and if the line if it's showing ground disturbance the lines will squiggle around a little bit but that's mm -hmm. about it Certainly not like 3D renderings of graves filled with bones, filled to the brim, like the killing fields of Cambodia or something like that. No, that's not at all what's going on with this footage. 
And then also they talk about how Saskatchewan. Yes. Did I get it right? Oh. Hey, I did it no, right. Charm. Uh, like um, <laughs> uh, was actually just a normal graveyard where sometime from the 1960s to the 1970s, the gravestones had been taken down out due to being falling out of repair. And that's all it was. So they'd rediscovered a graveyard that everybody already knew was a graveyard and actually included members of the entire community, not just the indigenous Canadians. We're also talking about the white descendants of European families as what? well. A graveyard next to a church? I know. <laughs> Unheard of. Unheard of. Uh, but then if we go to what's going on these days, people are just seeing more and more that this whole thing was complete bunk. And it just doesn't justify any of the measures that were taken afterwards. Now, tell me if that reminds you of any other major incidents that happened in 2020 to 2021, where a massive social cause was engendered by the mass media. And then you had people going out and causing damage to other people's property. Uh, and it turned out to all be based on lies and nonsense. Does it remind you of anything? It reminds me of two specific instances, actually. That okay, at the same time, yeah. Um, uh, both lockdowns and then the thing that you're allowed to violate lockdown for, which was St. Floyd. Right. Yes. I think that I remember the old, <laughs> the old guidelines literally made a specific exemption yeah. for unless protesting. Oh, I think it was the Lancet that declared racism a public health emergency, therefore it was allowed to go ahead. Well, if the Lancet said it, it must be true. So this article talks about some of the other measures that were taken outside of just people going and uh, burning down churches completely by accident with incense. Uh, they mention after two years of uproar, none of the graves, may, uh, uh, none of these graves that have been found have so far been excavated. In June, it was reported these graves were found. The Times recounted that the remains were of mainly children. Orange Shirt Day, an offshoot of Canada's National Day for Truth and Reconciliation, with the added tagline, Every Child Matters. Except though we like to abort. Yes, mm -hmm. was implemented in schools across the country. Flags were lowered to half-mast at public schools, universities, and federal buildings to honor the 215 children found in an unmarked mass grave at the former Kamloops Residential School. Once again, were they never though? found. That year, calls to cancel Canada Day went viral, and Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, always on the money with this stuff, ready to come out with some emotional speech, said that the day should be one of reflection rather than fireworks. I can, I can hear the way he would intone that in my head as well, suggesting the country think of those for whom it's not yet a day of celebration. In Winnipeg, protesters, as you would imagine, toppled statues of Queen Victoria and Queen Elizabeth II, chanting no pride and genocide. Churches were vandalized and burned to the ground, mostly on indigenous land, a wooden church named St. Anne's near Headley, British Columbia, where members of the upper Similkameen Indian band had been gathering for more than a century, was raised as with the Sacred Heart Mission Church, which has earned the Penticton Indian band since 1911. So these were actually churches mainly serving the people who were supposedly victimized in the first place. Burned to the ground. As always, this is all just an excuse to attack Western culture. It would have been a horrifying story, as they say, if it were true, but no remains have actually been discovered. No graves were discovered. There had been no excavation. Rather, ground-penetrating radar anomalies had been detected, which, for all we know, could have identified 2,000 feet of trenches in a long-forgotten septic field installed in 1924, as one researcher suspects. And that's one of the researchers who conducted the experiments. All of this for what might have been trenches for septic fields. So both the story and the evidence is literally a load of... Yes. Right. And they just want to repeat again and again, to date, no excavations at any of these sites had turned up human remains, except one of them, one of them has been excavated. There was last month an excavation at the Pine Creek Residential School 
in Manitoba determined that 14 anomalies suspected to have been children's graves were actually literally nothing. Oh, that's inconvenient for the narrative. Literally nothing. To date, of the hundreds of suspected graves identified starting in 2021, Pine Creek is the only one that has been followed up with an archaeological disc. And it probably will be the only one, considering it looks really, really bad now. Mm. Millions of dollars, an entire committee, churches burned to the ground, everybody forced to reconcile and think about how terrible they were for for the supposed guilt of their own ancestors doing terrible things. Complete bunk the whole way through. In operation for more than 80 years, the school was already well-known for having disproportionate rates of student deaths who were buried on site. Using church and government records, in 2015, a report from the Truth and Reconciliation Commission had already been conducted regarding all deaths regarding these church, uh, these, uh, these schools, and they were only able to name uh, around 50 to, uh, children to have died at the school. The, 20, the 215 were believed to be undocumented deaths, according to a statement by Tekemloop's chief, Roseanne Casimir. Right, so they consulted the tea leaves and determined this number from... Yeah, what, what time span was this? Uh, what time span In was... terms of when did they think these people died? That's a racist uh, question. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> right. probably a very racist <laughs> and of, question. And of what? Was it of a disease? Or was it, or were they intentionally killed? Yeah. That's, of course, and the of question. these, having looked into it, the report itself determined that in every single case, it wasn't really neglect, it was disease. Mm-hmm. And every single one of these kids had been rushed to medical facilities and tried to be treated because people forget, especially in the first half of the 20th century, that we still had a lot of deaths just from disease. It was still very easy for you to just catch something and you're dead. Polio wiped out hundreds of kids. Yes. And when the Cowess's First Nation in Saskatchewan announced a survey showing 751 of Mark Graves near the site, as I mentioned, Chief Cadmus Delam was careful about saying that they were not a mass grave. Rather, the usual plots within a larger Catholic cemetery whose headstones Delorme had said had been removed by the Catholic authorities in some time in the 60s and 70s. This is not a mass grave site. These are just unmarked graves. And big, <laughs> big fuss over nothing. Loads of damage done over nothing. Millions of dollars over nothing. That's not to say that abuse and neglect didn't happen in these schools. Obviously, you have to contend that there was. But if you're going to try and make reconciliation for the crimes of the past, you shouldn't have to make up those crimes, for God's sake. All right, well, speaking of things that are, are probably made up and not good for anyone, mm-hmm. so there's a recent trend... Women. Of... <laughs> I'm going to restart that intro. <laughs> All right, brilliant. There's a recent trend of women on TikTok being reposted to Twitter, confessing to the camera just how happy their lives are because they're single in their 30s, recently divorced, childless, and have nobody to depend on them, you know all the hallmarks of sincere happiness. Um, These women are often referred to as awfuls, affluent white female liberals, and they spread their ideas much like a disease because misery loves company. Um, My theory is that this is agitprop. It's algorithmically driven to discourage men and women from starting relationships, to make more men resentful incels, to make more fem cells, and it can liquidate you down into the exact kind of global standard consumer that the WEF and all of their corporate partners want. They make it so that you have to buy meaning rather than create it in your own family. Isn't, is a lot of this being pushed through TikTok? Yes. Well, TikTok is a Chinese spy app, let's be honest. And one of the things that I commented on recently, which was the blonde girl who was yeah, rejecting the ring, was literal Chinese agitprop. Oh, don't worry. You've been debunked on that. Yes, oh, right. you've been no. debunked. Just because everything in the background indicated that she was in China doesn't mean it was well, Chinese agitation. Oh, no, she was. She was in China. No, she was in China. Oh, okay. You're oh, still debunked. All right. 
Okay, so she just decided to do that with no payment because the Chinese government aren't known for paying Westerners to and her Chinese propaganda. boyfriend. But, yes. Oh, her Chinese boyfriend as well. Yes. Completely ground up spontaneous action. Who I'm sure is absolutely delighted at the fact oh, yeah. that his girlfriend is saying, Oh, I'd never want to marry you. <laughs> anyway. It's, it's all right, fine. They get lots of social credit points for participating. Yes. I mean, no, no, debunked, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Debunked. Anyway, speaking of things driving men and women apart, if you'd like to subscribe to our website for as little as £5 a month, you can get plenty of our premium content. And actually, this interview that's about to come out by the end of this podcast, by the time this is out on YouTube, um, is free. I sat down and had a chat with Freya India about the issues, the the uh, sexual revolution issues that are driving young men and women away from relationships, the perverse incentives of dating apps, and the things that are mainly affecting young women's mental health, like the overprescription of the pill and SSRIs. It was a really nice chat. And I recommend going and have a look. So that was good. Right. Anyway, so let's kick off this trend with the first video that went viral that Matt Walsh tweeted out. Um, this young woman's 29. Uh, she says some gobbledygook. And Matt Walsh captioned this with her life doesn't revolve around her family and kids. So instead, it revolves around TV shows and pop stars. Worst of all, she's too stupid to realize how depressing that is. Um, I'll let her speak for herself. And then we can, we can go into the backlash. It's 10.45 a.m. on a Saturday. I'm 29 and single, and I don't have kids yet. Here's what your Saturday morning looks like when you're single at 29 and you don't have a kid running around the house. I didn't rise from my bed until 10.15. Every time I thought, I should probably get up and do something, I thought, why? Nobody's making me. I'm not missing out on anything. I went to Beyonce last night, and I didn't get home until 1 a.m., and I danced and drank my little heart out, and I didn't pay a babysitter to watch my kids as I did that. And I woke up a tad hungover this morning, just probably why I was in bed for so long and I was just scrolling on my phone and I saw a picture of shakshuka and I thought you know what sounds really good maybe I'm gonna learn how to make shakshuka today because I have no plans and I don't have kids and I don't have a husband and I don't have errands to run I can go to the grocery store and learn how to make shakshuka so that's on my agenda today also on my agenda probably a rewatch of some Real Housewives of New York I'm also doing a rewatch of Normal People on Hulu which is really spicy and I highly recommend weirdly I'm into this documentary on Netflix about blue zone countries so I've got a pretty stacked day anyway I say all this to say whenever I'm hard on myself about why I'm not married and I don't have kids and I should be further along at 29, almost 30. I wouldn't want to do anything else this Saturday. And I know that you can do all these things when you have kids and you're married and I understand, but the effortlessness and ease of my life, just kind of focusing on myself and the shakshuka I want to make or the Beyonce concert I want to go to really pays off when I'm hard on myself for not being where society tells me I should be in life. So she seems very happy. Oh, overjoyed. Yeah, you definitely have to tell the camera relentlessly of why you're a, you're a definitely That's happy a person with having a pretty extreme code. That she even admits in that, that she's like, yeah, I know that I could learn how to make shakshuka if I had a husband and children. And maybe make it for people that would actually appreciate it. Just Who could themselves. enjoy it. So it wouldn't, yeah, just wouldn't be just you. But has, to, has this um, cognitive dissonance that's overriding that. So she recognizes it on some level that, yes, it, you could still do this even if you were married and had children. I don't actually know what her conclusion is. Though. I have a different take on this. Go for it. Being um, fluent in women myself, <laughs> I see this as an extended dating profile that yes. she's put out there. She repeats over and over again, I'm not married, I don't have kids, but I'm still super happy, guys. Here's all of the things that I'm doing with my time. She's advertising her interests, advertising her hobbies, advertising that she is available and advertising the free time she is screaming, please someone come and snatch me up. That is true. However, 
on both sides of that. One, if we feel sorry for her. Two, if we acknowledge that this is a mate signaling strategy. Either way, she is contributing to the deluge of anti-family propaganda that is being put out on social media. And so in the aggregate, while she may benefit off of this, either from being uh, soothing her conscience and coping with the fact that she's alone, or maybe finding a boyfriend she can cook that weird Mediterranean dish for, lots of women may fall down the through the cultural cracks by not having the safety net there that says, well, maybe you should get your life together and, and get together with someone that's, that's worthy of cooking for and, and looking after you. And Obviously, Matt Walsh and types have pointed this out. And, and then someone who, who decided to also um, point it out, I'll just scroll up, was Constantin Kissim. So Constantin decided to tweet back saying, this video has sparked a fierce debate. Some, especially conservatives, are mocking her for being secretly unhappy and others are defending her. In reality, there's nothing wrong with her doing what she's doing at 29, but in my honest opinion, it's the way she de delivers this issue. Now, people pointed out that Constantin got married when he was in his early 20s, but didn't have kids until him and his wife were in their late 30s, early 40s. Really? That's waiting a while. Yes, yes. And so it has worked out for him. Mm, yeah. It won't work out for most people because most people aren't 130 IQ political commentators with a very lucrative channel who can afford to have whatever house they like, who can, even if you're some big celebrity woman, afford some poorer woman to bear your children when you're beyond your fertility window in the evil surrogacy industry, lots of people will just be stocking shelves in Sainsbury's and thinking, well, God, why don't I have a partner yet? And if you are a sort of middle-class woman in your 20s and you're spending lots of money on just flying abroad and you're not putting your roots down, you delay that into your 30s and you're going to leave it too late and then not be able to meet your goals when that instinct kicks in. So you're actually doing people a disservice by saying, like, live and let live. And I pointed this out, basically saying, well, she's imbibed the cultural programming. She's felt that she needs to tell the world that what she consumes and responsibilities she lacks um, is what makes her happy. But we, we don't believe her. And actually, freedom as a prerequisite to a good life is worth nothing if you don't use it to be virtuous. And, and Constant just replies, what you're talking about is just the age of social media we live in, where everyone feels the need to broadcast what they're doing, thinking, and eating all the time. It's not just single women in their late 20s. Well, I didn't say that. As the rest of us, yes, some things are better done at certain ages on average. That doesn't mean that everyone should be doing these things at that age, blah, 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 blah. This is the problem. It's the, it's the hands-offedness, the live and let live, that has allowed people to drip-feed this propaganda into people's lives. And if they're not being caught by the cultural safety net, you're giving them a narrative that will make it so that they aren't able to work towards the goals they will eventually want. And you're going to create constituencies of resentful men and women who are like, well, I didn't realize I needed to get my life together by 30, and I wanted multiple children. Why didn't you tell me that? Also, he's using himself as an exception to determine right. that the rule should be the exception when it's actually the opposite way around. The, the exception proves the rule, yes, but that doesn't mean we should center everybody's judgment on the exception purely. Exactly. I mean, j just from a realistic standpoint, having children at 39, if that's how old his wife was, the high, massively in increased uh, risks of all kinds of medical complications for the mother and the child and, and difficulties even getting pregnant in the first place. There's a reason why you don't normally put it off that long if you can't avoid it. So I don't know why you would use, even if you have been lucky enough to, to have not had any problems, why you would recommend this as, again, the norm rather than an exception to it. Yeah, a friend of mine had her first child at 37. She said it nearly killed her. And mm -hmm. she would love to have had more children, but she just left it too late. And so she's now advising women to, to go out and get married and have children younger and younger. And it's not just the impact to the mother. It's also the risk of autism and, and um, Down syndrome, which doesn't devalue a person's life, but it can create needless barriers to that child. You're right there. Yes, I'm fine. Thank Thanks you. for the distraction. <laughs> it can have needless uh, barriers to that child's integration to society and their success. And so it, just if you want multiple children or you want healthy children, just 
don't gamble with biology. But, you know, I suppose it's a far right position these days. And, and speaking sort of elite beliefs, we have this video here. From, so Matt will share this one as well. This was from the other day. This is Emily Ratajkowski, you know, the woman from Blurred Lines that got her kit off, mm. basically. Another the, woman famous for getting naked that one time. Yeah, yeah. So it's Let's important. listen to her opinion. Yeah, well, it's, it's important to note that she talks about her divorce here. And again, more agitprop. Um, she divorced her ex-husband. So this is Sebastian Bear McLeod because he was grooming 15 and 17-year-old girls over Instagram. Well, I, I think that's a pretty yeah, fair, just a reason. fair reason. <laughs> reason, right, reason yeah. for divorce. But again, marginal exception. Mm-hmm. applies her personal life to be the ubiquitous cultural rule, not helpful for most women. So if we I'm sorry, that. I'm sorry that your husband turned out to be a complete groomer, but not so everyone. So it seems that a lot of ladies are getting divorced before they turn 30. And as someone who got married at 26, has been separated for a little over a year, 32, I have to tell you, I don't think there's anything better. If being in your 20s is the trenches, there is nothing better than being in your 30s, still being hot, maybe having a little bit of your own money, figuring out what you want to do with your life, everything, and having tried that married fantasy and realizing that it's maybe not all it's cracked up to be, and then you've got your whole life still ahead of you. Um, So for all of those people who are stressed or feeling stressed, about that, about being divorced, like it's a, it's, it's good. Congratulations, congratulations. So, um, even if we are to take her confessionals at her word, let's just. Put I it don't. This way. No, and neither do I. Neither do I. Um, putting it this way, most women are not Emily Ratajkowski. Most women right. don't have lots and lots of money to spend on cosmetic surgery to elongate their beauty, which is usually a marker of fertility. To then net you a good enough man to have a family. Most people do not profit off of that. And also, I might suggest that considering she went on to date Pete Davidson recently. Yeah. Um, oh, the uh, Hollywood pug. Yes, her taste in men may not be the most constructive thing either. I, I just see sort of like luxury beliefs on display yes. here. Right. So Right, what this is, again, this is an advertisement. This is her going, I'm 32. I'm past the point where most women are at their most attractive. But look at me. I'm still in bed. I'm kind of flirtatiously but tastefully nude in my bed with the covering myself up. But I've just woken up. My hair's a bit messy. But look at how attractive I still am. This is a, yeah, full makeup or a filter to make it look that way. This is a signal... <laughs> Right. dunking on other women <laughs> that's all these people do well, that's, really that's it? actually also interesting lots of this cultural programming could just be covert competition so it, it could be- I, I absolutely think that is part of it is, is the competition aspect is oh ladies just you know exit just just get get yourself out of the, the dating uh, paradigm get out of that and so that I, you know I can come in and, and find the best man tell other women to give up essentially become femme cells no you'll be so much happier if you're just alone then you know she, not, not she snags the, snags the, the, the high value, the high value man. she can yeah. clean up all the triple sixes exactly right. well <laughs> that's something that i spoke to louise perry about when i so we did her book mm-hmm. case against social revolution i had an interview with a lovely woman and i said do you think that the luxury beliefs that she wrote about in there about the sex work positive women um in the california liberal circles and in, in british feminist circles now that put forward those beliefs but never engage in that sort of thing but it's actually a lot of the poor broke women who are making on average literally zero dollars on only fans or staffing the red light district do you think they're sincere in their beliefs or do you think they're just trying to take attractive women who are desperate out of the dating pool to try and get access to those men and she was like yeah it's probably a bit of both so it, it's not unlikely that this sort of agitprop 
from on high is serving the interest of corporations that would rather have us be atomized individual consumers rather than families that are insulated from the pressures of, of the market and politics, but also of very powerful and rich women who are looking for the most rich and powerful men, despite all of their lifestyle mistakes, like dating Pete Davidson, which is never a good thing. Anyway, so I wanted to go on to another one as well. Another, another example that's happened recently, there's Sophie Turner, um, who I'm a bit partial to, really. Uh, <laughs> God's sake, She's single now. You know, I'm doing the mate singling thing as well. You're going to fix her. Yep. Many such cases. Uh, so Sophie Turner and Joe Jonas are getting divorced. Uh, I'm not surprised, considering she was taller than him, and that never works out. Mm. Zendaya should take note. So she apparently felt trapped in her marriage short to Joe Jonas. Short things out there. Pay no <laughs> heed. Just date short girls. It's, short girls are more fun anyway. Um, create an entire race of manlets to propagate <laughs> their own line. Well, they're, they're mainly governing governments at the moment. So, you know. No, those are Indians. Same thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> Look at Zelensky. Um, so apparently she regretted missing out on her youthful carefree days after getting married to, to Joe Jonas. This is according to a close friend that's spoken to Mail Online. Now, it's a bit dubious because it could be that this is part of Joe Jonas's press team. Some people have suggested that, but photos might suggest otherwise. So they've gotten married for, for Wait, four years. Wait, you think that Joe Jonas's press team is trying to slut shame Sophie Turner? Pretty much. <laughs> genuinely, it's actually possible. Yeah. Hilarious. So, so, so apparently Taylor Swift wrote a song about Joe Jonas after dating him called like Mr. Perfect. So there's been online animosity towards him as not being the nice guy he's always been made out to be. So this could look like another death knell in his career and his image of being the clean cut, like country singing white guy. Most of what I know about Joe Jonas is from that one South Park episode. I don't watch South Park. I just read a couple of articles on this. Um, so a friend of Sophie Turner's who didn't want to be named, again, maybe as part of his press team. Okay, so it's Maisie Williams. <laughs> um, she said that the, the problems had started at last Christmas. She separated him at the start of this summer and she was partying with school friends in the UK and holidaying with them in Europe. And these photos in this article here show that she was partying in Dropshot Digbeth in Birmingham in a bar don't know why you'd go in Birmingham. Um, she's been filming an ITV series recently. The friend revealed, Sophie feels like she's only just waking up to what her life and reality really is. She became famous at a young age. She then married and had kids, she's got two, at a young age and never really, really had the teenage years of sleeping around and just having carefree fun with her friends. She feels like her life is stalled after Game of Thrones and so is her personal life. Since the kids came along, she's feeling trapped. She's the only person in her tight friendship group who is married with two children. She added, Joe would like another kid. He's a real family man. But while Sophie's been in the UK, she's also realized just how much she misses this country. It's a final nail in the coffin for them. The actress revealed in an interview on Graham Norton in 2019, she felt she missed out on British university life after opting to join Game of Thrones. I wish I'd had the university experience, she said. I wish I could have gone out and drunk a lot and thrown up in the middle of a club without it being photographed. Uh, can I just say, it's very strange that now it's taken as just normal that you're in your teenage years where you're still developing, still have, uh, a very immature way of looking at life. You're only just really beginning to develop your own personality. It's at those years that you're expected now to throw away a lot of your ability to realistically pair bond with people yep. uh, by just sleeping around with potentially dozens of random people. You're meant to make irreversible damaging choices in your teenage years and then somehow be a complete person afterwards. Also, the sad thing about this is now, no matter whose fault it is, these artifacts are going to be there in the public eye for their children when they grow up to look back on and go, well, did my mom really love me enough if she just wanted to go out partying and clubbing and sleeping around with someone other than my dad? Also, he, in this picture, he looks really stoned. Yeah. He looks 
baked in that picture. But just a little tangent, but that's just quite funny. Yeah, and she, as I pointed out yesterday, looks like... Towers over. <laughs> she looks she looks like a Sally from Nightmare Before Christmas mm -hmm. as well. Yeah, when you started thirsting over Sally from Nightmare Before Christmas yesterday. It's the eyes, man. Oh, for <laughs> God's sake. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I, I always say with people who have come through Hollywood and come through the entertainment industry, I'm not surprised that they have some very strange arrested development happen with them. We see it with all of the Disney stars, other than maybe a few exceptions out there. The rule seems to be the younger you go into the entertainment industry, the more damaged you are when you come out of the other end. You're unable to form proper relationships with people, whether romantically or just platonically. You're unable to really adapt, um, uh, like adapt to the real world when you're not in, in the constant eye of the public. And when you are in the constant eye of the public, it seems to be very, very damaging. Every single one of these people is probably very, very damaged. I'm not saying that this is strictly true for Sophie Turner, but I'm not going to rule out that most of the young girls, especially who go into it, have probably been groomed. Jeanette in, McCurdy being a major yeah, example. Mm -hmm. In some way or another, because we know that all of the producers and higher-ups in Hollywood and in most, most entertainment industries tend to be lecherous creeps. So I'm not surprised when things like this happen. It's just that, like you say, the fallout will always hurt the children. Mm. Well, it, it's not just um, that that's very likely the case or potentially likely the case that she was, if not groomed, then uh, exposed, treated inappropriately. Exposed to lots of things at an right. age where it was inappropriate. But either way, being in, in L.A. or, or being in, in the Hollywood sphere, regardless, you end up exposed to all kinds of weird stuff. So her, uh, so idea is she's like, her concept of what it is to be a young person is about getting drunk and making horrible mistakes. And I see that more and more is that I understand that, of course, a part of youth is about experimenting to a certain degree, learning new things, obviously. But why is it not, why is it specifically these degenerate things of drinking until you throw up? That's what she's afraid that she's worried that she missed out on was causing serious yeah. damage to her own why, body, why I guess. Is, why is it not experimenting with writing right. horribly cringe poetry sure. that you'll never want people to see when you're older, but help you to develop particular skills? Why is it not experimenting right. like I did with picking up an instrument and being a complete autist with it and practicing for six to seven, eight hours a day? Why does it have to be going out and doing completely non-productive things right. that will damage you? And I think the reason for that is... It is for a certain upper echelon of mm -hmm. people, like the elite women, or like Constantine, or like, frankly, you and me, who are autistic Anglo's. But <laughs> the people for whom any ideology works when you're a 130 IQ Anglo, many such cases. <laughs> but for the people whom I'm not saying I'm that don't, high, don't have worry. that kind of intellectual benefit, and I don't want to sound conceited here, but there, there are just sort of people that, that are normies at Bumble through life. Mr. and Mrs. Dino, perfect example, right? Could be really good and wholesome people. 100 years ago, would have had a house, kids, and a homestead by now. Most of the time, their instincts are kind of in the right place. Yeah, they're, they're perfectly pleasant, frankly. Without that cultural safety net, they will fall through, and they will fall to the lowest common denominator because people don't respond to ideas, they respond to incentives. And if the incentives are pushing them towards, to the benefit of the people that are selling them something, atomized individual consumerism without any kind of dependent care relationships, then lots of people who are would, would otherwise have made great husbands and fathers um, and, and wives and mothers are going to get to their mid-30s and be bereft of those meaningful relationships and then become really resentful and go, well, why didn't culture give me this? Well, because all the messaging from the top is Wait. bad role models. And it seems too, like it's not that necessarily that she was actually unhappy. It's that she's getting that messaging that's telling her, you must be unhappy. You're missing you, out. Because it, yeah, it's FOMO that you didn't get to do have the 
yeah, degenerate college experience where you just, you know, destroy your body and 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 get drunk and and have sex with a bunch of random people. So you've missed out on a important natural normative part of your um, growing into adulthood experience, which of course is not natural or normative or healthy. But she feels that way because that's the cultural messaging that she is now reiterating and um, promulgating. And and I, I will give balance to this as well because of course there is the perspective that this may well be messaging by Joe Jonas's camp because he actually instigated the divorce. Now, it's possible that he did that because there was a post on social media saying we'd amicably split. It's possible he did that to acquiesce to her demands for fear of, if I don't, I'm going to lose everything out of vengefulness. But there is also the point that people are making that that said that she's been saying she's a homebody for quite a long time. Um, there were new reports leaked to TMZ that said that He'd pressured her after she'd had the second kid to go on press tours with him, go straight back and go to these parties. So if that's also the case, lads, you can't have it both ways. Like, Don't expect a traditional woman and then fall prey to all of the materialistic limelight incentives of modern social media culture because... I wrote an article on this a little while ago about Jonah Hill and his missus. Um, don't try and date a mermaid and then expect her to be content with a bucket when the sea is calling back. Like, mm. just don't don't expect that. If you're going to be in that orbit, you can either have one or the other. You can have a traditional family, or you can have your entire life on on stage for the world to see because you want to make money off of that. I suggest choosing the former rather than the latter. Well, I mean, given the, both of these sides that you've just shown me, I don't trust either side yep. in the reporting of this. Yeah. In that case, now that I've seen both sides of that, I mean, one has photos and the other doesn't, but. Yeah, but like like she has mentioned, she is a person who re- can't really go to any club without somebody taking a photo and releasing it to the press. So yes. it could just be mums, especially young mums, are more than entitled to still go out and just have a bit of fun with their friends every so often without causing any damage to the relationship or going out there so that she can just hook up with some random guy and cheat. She might have just been photographed at a club, having some fun mm. with some friends, and it's been taken out of context. So I'm going to be fair and say I would, don't trust either side. I would hope that's the case, but in either regard, for either reason, neither of them are thinking about the kids. And that right. is the no, great right. shame about all of this, because that is what a marriage for. A marriage is not to complete you. A marriage is not mutually transactional value coming together. It is about the children. And so you do have a duty to work out your problems to keep them together. But that's not what most of the cultural messaging is, especially from the top. But as ever, just pointing this out is a problem. It's fascist. Because it's not the fact that children are having their parents separated on records. I think it's about 50% of households in the UK now. No, it's the right wing noticing this. The far right have pounced again. Rolling Stone, the right would like all women to be 1950s housewives, please. In Chad, yes. Right. And what's the alternative? Um, In all seriousness, I think 1950s is actually too too far gone. 1920s, thank you very much. 1450s. (laughs) You laugh, but I mean, the 1950s was like an economic aberration. And we only get this image because of America, all of the wealth that extracted from the British Empire for the Marshall Plan. They had that white picket fence thing. Like sort of feudal era. It was was being sold on on television, on radios, in magazines. That is a faux um, view of the world that's coming from retrospectively looking back and looking at media, looking at what was being depicted in media, not what reality was. Yeah, it's more morally wholesome. However, was that accessible to most people? No. What was more accessible was a couple hundred years before where, yes, you may have had less, but you were both inextricable constituents of a household working together for the subsistence and all the things you made went straight to your own kids. All the work was meaningful. The fathers were working closer to their home. Men were more present and instructing their sons and women were able to balance community custodian concerns with having their own children. It's more wholesome. Well, yes, there is also an argument 
argument to be made that by the time you get to the 1950s and you get the creation of suburbia, you get you get that white picket fence marketing, like you point out, that was already sliding far too close into the atomization that we experience today because you did have people living outside of the town. So the father was away from most of the time at work, far, uh, far away from home. So that means that he's not just working in those hours. He's also having to commute, which takes its own time. The wife is left alone atomized away from her own friends and family vulnerable to that programming as well yeah yeah and um philosophy cat spoke about it on twitter recently where she was saying that betty frieden with the feminine mystique the complaints that she had were not unreasonable given what was going on with women at the time but her solutions were unworkable she had a debate with simone de beauvoir where she said well we should give women the ability to go to work in the years before they have children if they want it but then we should also facilitate their motherhood and simone de beauvoir the position that has won out literally said, no, we cannot allow women to be mothers because too many of them will make that choice and it's yeah. the wrong choice. Oh. Simone de Beauvoir was an yes. evil predatory lesbian who wanted the discontinuation of the human race and unfortunately she's one. Actually but insane person. Yeah, hopefully only for a little while. She chose voluntarily to sleep with uh, Paul Sartre. So, yeah, no. and, and they preyed on their students as well. So, But this is the kind of mentality that Beauvoir wanted and it's now bled into these TikToks. So this article complains about how Matt Walsh noticed and reposted those TikToks and in this, it says, what followed was at least 48 hours of discourse on Mazur, the woman who posted it, Yulia Mazur, who came to be dubbed Shakshusha Girl on X with various far-right figures like libs of TikTok chiming in to accuse Mazur of only caring about sleeping in and watching TV and saying the video reeks of desperate cope. Because it does. Yeah, where's, where's the lie? That's literally what she said. It says in here, so it brings up the Chelsea Handler one from a little while ago where she was like, oh yeah, I can get up and oh, yeah, like, open, masturbate and then fly to Paris. And it's like, yeah, but you're not doing anything. I don't any want to that, hear though. the intimate no. details of well, your maybe. day life. Please stop it. Yeah, but like the, the first bit is true. Yeah, that part's true. Yeah. But the flying to Paris and doing all this stuff, no, you're not. You're yeah. wasting your life away, essentially. Flying and to Paris? What do you want desperate. to get assaulted by Africa? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. I mean, that's probably the only action she's going to get at this point, oh. let's be fair. So another TikTok post that went viral last month featuring a beautiful young blonde woman pretending to receive a proposal from an unseen person generated even more deranged responses. Oh, is this my debunking? Mm -hmm. It is, yeah. Oh. So, so your debunking is, and this is obviously Jack Posobiec tweeted out that this looks like a Chinese psyop. Um, this is, of course, untrue. Rolling Stone was able to identify the woman in the video as a Ukrainian woman. Oh, so that makes oh. it even less of a psyop. It's definitely not a psyop All right, now. Okay. Yes, yeah, definitely not related to the current China, thing. full of Ukrainians. They were really big on taking in refugees, if I remember. Yeah. Living with living in China and posting comedic videos on the platform Douyin about her life with her Chinese boyfriend. Isn't mm. isn't Douyin the Chinese like state Facebook version? Uh, like, um, uh, just their version of Facebook? I have no idea. I don't know exactly what it is. I know WeChat's their version of yeah. like, WhatsApp and that. Yeah. So that's what Elon Musk is well, trying if it's to a, like. If it's a Chinese social media app, it will be state-owned and state-monitored. Right. right, Like TikTok? Yep. <laughs> so there might be a reason why this hit the algorithm. Mm -hmm. like, there were multiple videos like this that you played, but funny enough, when, when Freya was in, there was another one that wasn't even Chinese-owned. So this is just catching the algorithm because, of course, the CCP want to see Discord over here to destabilize the Western family, to make us too uninvested in our land so that when our culture and our economy is deteriorating around us, we don't take up arms to defend it or, or say things in defense of the country. I, I can see something that they mentioned in this paragraph, and I do want to highlight it because there was a little extra bit of kookery that went on with the allegations about this being a psyop, which obviously it is, but some people did go really far in this, saying that she was a Chinese woman. You can tell that she's been altered oh. by AI to look like she's white and blonde and such. 
which was obvious rubbish. Obviously, I mean, it's not, not impossible, but not in this one. Yeah, not not in this one. And when you start to throw in those kinds of really kooky, crazy allegations, it makes it really easy to discredit you. So just be careful. They've also included that in here, like when Snopes create a false fact check. Yes. Yes. And so they'll say like, oh, um, this is the example Tim Paul always uses. Uh, so Donald Trump does a backflip. They said, uh, Snopes, fact check. Did Donald Trump do a backflip on the White House lawn? <laughs> False. Right. No, he did not. He actually did it on the balcony, but that's buried like six things down in the article. <laughs> so they, they set up a straw man to them refute Donald you. Trump do a backflip. The other thing that's, that's just like so blatantly and patently ridiculous about it is that, oh, you found some people online who said something ridiculous and that's, for, that's what Rolling Stone is going to report on. You can find people online who will say something yeah, but when ridiculous it's, about anything. Like when Rolling it's a, Stone. Yes, <laughs> when right, it's a big right, account yeah. like Jack Posobiec, he should know better than to post that kind of really kook sphere kind of stuff right. because then it does make it really easy to discredit the things that he comes out with that are more legitimate. Mm-hmm. And so, it, like we said, even if the post isn't that. I mean, the Chinese are, are cheering on our demographic collapse because one-child policy meant that they're going at the same rates. So they hope we just commit suicide faster. But in here, they try and excuse it anyway because they say, oh, it's not happening, but also it's a good thing. Of course, as always, there's nothing particularly new or revolutionary about the right wing demonizing women who delay marriage and motherhood or choose to opt out of it entirely. Child-free women have long been accused of being deficient in some way with marriage and motherhood framed as the biological end game because it literally is the biological end game, but but all right. I mean, it's not possible for some people, sure, but that's why we have meaningful vocations for them, which have been stripped away. There is, of course, a valid reason why women are increasingly opting out of parenthood, because in the US, it's almost impossible to be a fully functional working mum. Yes, there are such things as trade-offs. Like, maybe we should restructure the economy so that not everyone has to work two jobs, and we shouldn't subordinate the quality of children's lives to institutional childcare which has produced resentful people incapable of having relationships. Did a massive thing on this on the website. It's very frustrating. Taken in aggregate, the message from the far-right pundits appears to be that not only that single child-free women, child-free, not childless, child-free. Yes, as in, the whole movement. Yeah, as in it's the prerequisite to your full flourishing autonomy. Language games, no semantics, very important. Yeah, be Peter Pan. Worthy of public castigation, but women who fulfill all their social expectations and do the right thing by getting married and having kids are targets as well if they have the audacity to serve their children frozen pizza or skewer their husbands for failing to do their share of childcare. It doesn't take a logician to realize what the column element is here. Women, regardless of what they choose to do with their bodies. No, actually, we're all the ones that are saying that motherhood is a laudable thing and it's mm-hmm. better for people to do rather than just be like a worker drone who gets subsidized by a BlackRock-funded company to have an abortion out of state. And also the whole thing about like these women who, well, I have to have a job, I have to be successful, but so many of their jobs are, uh, you're an HR manager, a job invented by women for other women to, uh, <laughs> to inhabit. That it really does nothing. I would say invented by activists for other sure. activists who are mostly right. all women. Who, who are mostly all women. So that they can enforce their activist goals. If but, you eliminated most of these, you would not see a uh, deficit to the to the actually functioning economy and most people would be happier. It's like you Elon firing Men could earn managers. more and then women could stay home if, if women and or activists or both hadn't invented fake jobs so that, oh, we can all be in the workforce equally doing the exact same things. No, instead... That's why, I mean, there's a, there's a multitude of reasons that women could stay home and men could work and come home and, and just be a single earning household. But instead, no, we have to have it so that we have our um, HR positions, marketing yes. jobs. Yeah. I mean, Simone de Beauvoir ended the second sex with the word brotherhood because she wanted all men and women to be market actors with the biological parity of each of course, other. Right. And so that meant women had to sterilize themselves. <laughs> Simone de Beauvoir, corporate America's strongest soldier. Yeah. <laughs> Biggest men's rights activist. (laughs) 
So I just wanted to finish with this. No black pills allowed. Lauren Southern points this out, right? We all see it on our Twitter timelines constantly, whether it's women posting L's, whether it's clips from whatever podcast, whether it's OnlyFans women in, in the replies. Women posting L's is the uh, subversive OnlyFans promotion account. But it never used to be, no, right? it never used to be. It was just money relentless black pills. And the thing is, it's polluting your frame of reference, mm. both men and women, to think that this is the vast majority. Now, of course, if you're on things like dating apps and that, you will be very discouraged because there's lots of women that are encouraged by this cultural messaging to make these mistakes and follow perverse incentives. However, it is not all. And what they want you to do is get so discouraged that you do give up and become an incel and a femcel, buying meaning from the same people that subsidize these platforms and these companies, and they can make a buck off you. And so Lauren says, in response to this article that goes around, woman with nine months left to live, ask husband if she can sleep with her ex. Love how when you search the article, it references an anonymous Reddit post and the hyperlink goes absolutely nowhere. We're being fed invented other gender evil misery porn constantly. You have to be sub room temperature IQ not to realize what they're doing to us. And I know just by mentioning that, I'm going to get YouTube comments going, oh, you're not being hard enough on women. You're you're being way harder on men. Oh, MGTOW, bro. Just go monk mode. It's like, stop spreading misery. Like, stop discouraging people that really need to hear a positive message about solidarity between the sexes because they really want to be a husband and father. Stop discouraging them from taking that initiative, from rebuilding that, that, that cultural healthiness, and instead miring in the misery that you're experiencing. Just, just shove it. Stop serving regime interests, right? Don't That's all I'm going to say. Moralization. Yeah, yeah. And so you're, yeah. you're, being, you're being useful idiots for the people that want us to be pod people. And so I thought I'd finish with the most honest woman that's jumped on this trend. All right. And uh, she's, she's made this video that it speaks a lot of sense. Oh, John, oh, no. get to the next one, please. John. No. Yep. <laughs> There there we go. Go. You know what? I am 34, I am single, I am childless, and I just moved flat all by myself. I rented a car, I packed up my stuff, I packed up the car, I went to the new place, I unpacked it, I went back to my old place, I did a second round, and I did it all by myself without the help of a man. And you know what, ladies? I got something to tell you. It was fing shit. <laughs> it was fing shit. It was really, really, really hard. It was exhausting. Get back on Hinge. Honestly, it's not worth it. <laughs> I mean, maybe not Hinge, but take a point. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Respect. Good luck, kings and queens. <laughs> All right. Okay. Last segment. Let's get through it, shall we? Take so, a big breath in, Harry. What? It's fine. I'm nap, doing nap fine. times at the end. <laughs> I've had a few cups of coffee, so I'm feeling much better. All right, brilliant. Let's go. Thank, thank you very much. So, uh, how do we feel like destroying some modern myths? Love it. I, I think that's what we've been doing a lot of today. That's a lot of what we try and do on the podcast. We try and smash the modern myths that infest people's mind because. Gad Sad is right that when he says that there is a mind virus going around. And the thing is, the mind virus takes a lot of forms outside of just the pure social justice because a lot of it has been drip fed to us over the decades to such a point where young people growing up like myself take certain things as sacrosanct and just think that they are true without ever interrogating them to the point where the second you do start to look into things, it does start to knock parts of your worldview down. And given that I think the society that we live in at the moment is pretty reprehensible and pushes morals that I find despicable and also depicts an understanding of reality that is completely false and wrong, then I think it's good to smash all of these things so that you can reorientate your mind and understand the world better because if nothing else, it will help you to defend yourself in the future. And I thought that's what I would do today. But before I do, um, we've got great videos on the website as always. And Josh has been doing really well recently talking about cults. This is part four 
of his series on cults, which is a part of his larger contemplation series. This one, he's talking about the sorry state of cult psychology and propose better alternatives. And this one came about specifically because Josh, in the part of his research where he's looking into all of these, found all of the major talk, uh, thinkers about cults were really poor at their jobs and mostly just wanted to demonize Christians, which was a very interesting takeaway, given that Josh and Bo involved in this. And I think Stelios as well. I don't want to mischaracterize. Stelios is culturally orthodox, but he doesn't decide yet. Yeah, I, th I think most of them, most of the three of them are atheists. So the fact that they noticed this trend of always demonizing Christians and decided to come to the rescue uh, was, was very interesting and very promising. Good from, job, lads. Um, but also, I would like to suggest that Josh, if you're watching this, I know you're not, but if you do end up watching this, that you should do the cult of, the cult of uh, Ayn Rand because I was looking into that a bit recently. And, you know, Ayn Rand had some decent ideas and understood economics to a certain point because she'd read a lot of Mises. But you should also do that because Ayn Rand had some wacky stuff. Yeah, most of, most of her beliefs were just to justify her cheating on her husband. Yeah, and why she needed to smoke every single second of every single day, which I think is more acceptable. Uh, but yeah, this is really interesting. So please check this out. Five pounds a month. That's all you need. You can pay more if you want silver and gold membership, but just to get access to the videos, five pounds a month. You know you want to. So let's let's carry on. So this is what spurred me on with this, which is somebody was posting about... Um, you know, the fat demographic replacement, et cetera, et cetera. The people who are actually coming over on the boats and coming in through migration, are they here to try and contribute to our country? Are they here to take economic extraction so they can send it back to the home country or just hoard it for themselves? And a lot of people, uh, it was kind of a Brexit split right here. Mm. Uh, most people said chances. And then, of course, you have someone with an EU flag in the title and what might be that an AI-generated image yeah, so it's probably a bot account. Very interesting. Although, then again, we've got oh, we've got a mastodon out. Oh, never mind. Uh, yeah, yeah no. probably a bot account posting this hilarious image. Dear racist, your child needs a pint of blood. Choose the white one because really, don't we all bleed the same? Well, aren't we all the same on the inside? Fortunately, um, I have been reliably informed that those boats are full of doctors, lawyers, and engineers. We can just ask absolutely. one of them if this is the case. Yeah, we can just say, well, but, but the. But the the problem is, this is a really bad example to go by uh, because one, statistically, if you look into who donates blood, both of them are probably the right one. And secondly, if you are looking for a blood transfusion, a bone marrow transplant, stem cells, or anything like that, it turns out the scientific research does not support the, we all bleed the same man, we're all red and fleshy on the inside. Because it turns out that biology is a lot more complicated than just saying that we all have blood, muscles, nervous system, and a skeleton. And you can tell this because even in, in the UK, our, our precious, beloved, sacred NHS consistently puts out these kinds of advertisements where they say, we need ethnically diverse donors, blood donors, bone marrow donors. And we've got this, give blood for the black community, the increased demand for some rare subtypes, and that'll clue you in a little bit here, such as Roe, who are part of the blood, are more common in people of black heritage. We, we need more black people to become blood donors. And that's because of the fact that most black people in England do not donate blood on anywhere near the scale that is needed for anybody, for all of the people who actually need blood transfusion. This also isn't an actual woke issue. Like, this is, this yeah, is a scientific issue. Yeah. Yeah. issue. 
So you, if you have, you could argue that like, this is like sickle cell, as yeah. they mention yes. in here, then you do actually need black blood donors in order to help out people that are suffering from that. However, Harry, as you're going on the tirade about the complexities of biology, are you really expecting the same people that use the phrase female penis or don't know that ground disturbances are not children's bones mm. to understand this very simple concept? Well, if they actually care about the lives of the, and well-being of the people that they so often say that they do and aren't just grievance mongers looking for a payout from government, then I would hope that they would try and listen to this. I have my doubts. So do I, okay, sadly. Because right. once again, these are the same people that, as you say, deny the idea that a male and female skeleton are structured differently for different biological purposes. I've literally... Now, this is a personal note, but I've literally been in a discussion with somebody who considered themselves trans before in the past. I won't dox anybody uh, who was telling me about how male bone density being, uh, being more than females is a myth and that men, in fact, do not have more fast twitch muscle fibers than women, which is why women on average are just as strong as men are. And this was all used as an ex uh, uh, to tell me why it is that uh, his or her identity was completely legitimate, which, if you're watching Neil Mohan, I completely agree with. Of okay, course. great. Now open this pickle jar. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But it, it's well, trust even the science. Men need that it's trust the science until the science doesn't agree with my ideology and my sloganeering, right? So that's why. Okay, no, no, that not that's not like proper science. We have to get rid of that. Things like bone density, things like um, muscle differences between males and females. Trust the science until it runs up against my identity. It was just like color perceptions, spatial difference. Like Carl and I talked about this in Evil Origins of Feminism Part 2. There are so many, and, and, and I spoke to Helen Joyce about this, there's like 150 plus differences in male and female physiology. Mm -hmm. If you don't want to accommodate for those things, then you're just going to lead to more injuries and a less ergonomic world. But then they're not concerned about people actually flourishing. They're concerned, again, about ideology. Yeah, an, an interesting example that I saw was in his book, um, Human Diversity, Char the very controversial Charles Murray. Don't break out the bell curve. No, I will not break out the bell curve. It's, he's talking about various different factors of science and the differences between different groups of people. And in the section that he was talking about with men and women, he presented in one part an image of two faces. They were basically AI-generated. Um, a male and female version of the same face. So it was just the face. No, You couldn't see the scalp. There was no body attached to it. So it was just the faces. And he said, can you pick the male face and the female face? And obviously, all it takes was a glance mm -hmm. because the human brain is so well-developed to be able to tell these things that even tiny little clues based on different uh, aspects of physiology can tell you within split seconds. That's why the, the AI has really highly accurate gaydar. So <laughs> yeah, it's just does. shown photos of gay and straight men and it can identify the gay men with like 90% accuracy. Mm. That is funny though. That is really yeah. funny. At a field day at a conservative party conference. Anyway, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> and uh, this is where I get into articles like this because most people who report on such things do very, very hesitantly admit to it. But there's an interesting admissions within these articles some of the people that you refer to, well, some of the people who were in charge of actually collecting blood and such don't actually know that there is differences and that's why you need to get people from different ethnicities donating blood and were shocked at the idea that you had to because even inferring that there are biological differences between people of different ethnicities was so much as to cause these people distress. And th these are the people collecting this blood and you would think that they would need to know that. 
medical for, professionals, for presumably. Well, I mean, it might it's be volunteers, a, but oh, still. But, no, but if you're going to be actually be extracting blood, blood yeah, yeah. you have to have medical training. I would certainly hope so, at least. Um, so, am I, am I going to be the one to point out the title? Uh, well, yeah. It's a bit, bit Icarus, isn't it? Flying very close to a well, it's the New York sun. Times. It's the New York Times. They're allowed to yes. do such. Mm-hmm. Just like Eric Adams the other day is allowed to come out and say migration is a problem when it starts to influence his affluent New York neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially Democratic voting affluent neighborhoods. Just like Martha's Vineyard are allowed to be complete, absolute border protectionists mm-hmm. as soon as migrants get shipped into their area. If you identify on the left, you are allowed to talk about these things in a bit more of a candid way than anyone like we are typically able to. It, Eric Adams, just, Blood and Soil 2024. Right. <laughs> yeah. Which seems like hypocrisy, but it, they don't see it that way because they don't care. All they care about is power. They don't mm-hmm. care about, about consistency or truth. They just care about power. So to them, they see no problem with <laughs> saying things that seem incredibly hypocritical constantly, which is, unfortunately, it's, it's difficult to not, as someone looking at this from a right-wing perspective, look at all the hypocrisy constantly. But they don't well, care. Oran McIntyre has a fantastic little, because uh, he always comes up with these snappy phrases right, right. for it. Tap the sign. Uh, yeah, he tapped the sign. And it's uh, one of my favorites of his was, it's not hypocrisy, it's hierarchy. Because yep. they're above us in the political totem pole. They're allowed to do it and persecute us for doing yep. it if we do the same thing. But that's why I'm doing the same thing. Just try it. Just try it. So I'll t- they, they give examples in this article talking about somebody called uh, Zanab, who I assume is some, some kind of Middle Eastern or African yep. ethnicity, talking about how his bl- uh, her blood is rare, so is her situation. What concerns blood bankers on a daily basis is a more common condition caused by uncommon blood. Sickle cell disease is predominantly found, as you mentioned, in African Americans and thalassemia among South Asians, and both conditions require precisely matched blood. But there is a shortfall between ethnic minority patients who need blood and ethnic minority donors. In New York, Caucasians are 35% of the population, but 58% of the donors. 28% of New Yorkers are after, uh, African-American, but only 8% of the donors in New York are African-American. And that's after five years of hard work and outreach by the New York Blood Center with its Precise Match campaign. That's also taxpayer dollars going on those particular campaigns. Yes, yes it is. Even so, there was trouble with the blood ce- uh, when the Blood Center began in 2009 to offer the option to self-declare ethnicity on its donor forms. This was efficient without a budget to precisely screen every donation. They could home in on antigens known to be specific to certain populations. But at first, there were problems when staff members were initially upset by this apparent division of blood by ethnicity. We didn't educate the staff, says Dr. Westhoff, to know that we weren't segregating the blood just to be segregating. <laughs> the Jim Crow blood drive. Yes, oh, that's on. right. You need to go to the, to the black fountain or the white fountain to get your blood extracted today, sir. We were doing it to send all the African-American units to the sickle cell program children because they were doing much better with blood that came from the same ethnic group. Saving children sounds pretty racist. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's the amazing thing is once again, you just get this idea where even the people who should know better right. get upset by it. How do they get? How do you get this far into this and not understand that this that there's a reason for this that's beyond just a random racism? But they say, they say exactly here in the New York Times article, they say, of course, disquiet was inevitable given sensitivity about whether race is skin deep and whether differences should be highlighted at all. Universalist If equality is ever to be reached. So we've propagandized all of the population to constantly think that equality is the only value that anyone should ever be striving for and that any differences are only skin deep and if there are any differences underneath the skin means 
inherently that equality has been violated in some case, because apparently these people don't see that people who have differences between each other do still have the right to basic decency and human respect. I've seen people talk about it before. Well, you'll get into an argument with a lefty. You'll explain certain biological differences between groups, and they'll just go, well, why don't we just kill them all then? Well, because that's... Why is your brain going to that answer straight away? Because that's where their brain goes in terms of what they... The kinds of things... It's always projection, I think, to a certain degree. But that is really astonishing that you have people working ostensibly in the medical field who have been so propagandized over such a long period of time to think that there really is, are no differences between people whatsoever. There's no haplogroups. There's no genetic differences mm-hmm. from the same exact crowd of people that will say, trust the science and to, you know, say, I love science. I, I, FL, I love science so much. Ah, Sorry face. Right. But unless it violates my propaganda. Yeah. And then. This is this is this commit this um, uh, prerequisite commitment to equality is how you get to the, the liberals to get the same position of Mao, which is that nature is a revolutionary enemy. That's mm-hmm. you have to yep. reorient everything. We need like, to scare off the sparrows, sparrows because yeah. they're <laughs> against socialist farming. Yeah, yeah reality. Why are we all starving has now? To be reoriented around, and, and then this is also why the ONS and to an extent the FBI and the likes have stopped collecting demographic data because people kept mm. citing certain crime statistics yes. and now you can't get demographic data on basically anything even innocuous things like when I was was when, it Savage Javid who signed off on not being able to declare if you're gay or not when you're taking blood because of uh, potential risks in higher chances chances of HIV in particular subsets of communities. Yes, and and I I don't know if it's such a joke, but I do know that is the case in the UK. So you could get AIDS blood if you're not careful. Uh, Thanks, conservatives. You don't have to declare that in California either. Right. That might be what I'm thinking of. I think it was in California. Yeah, I might have been mixing up. No, no, but in the UK, UK that did actually pass. I hate the conservatives so much. But that's, I hope that's I never because, need a blood transfusion. Again, that's because most of the conservatives want to donate blood. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, and they and they carry on to say here. But the startling truth about blood is that acknowledging, seeking, and here's a really important word here: celebrating its differences can tip the balance between life and death for people who need it. So once again, you're only allowed to acknowledge any difference. It doesn't. It can't just be a value neutral thing. If there is any difference, we have to celebrate it. Right. We have to shout it from the rooftops. It's so amazing that we're all different. No, it's just natural. But I thought we were, were all, all the same. Yeah. And so why can't you celebrate having different blood types, having a greater propensity? Like it brings up here that, you know, Asian people are more likely to have um, type A blood. So that's a difference. Why not celebrate that? I don't know. Because the black people in San Francisco keep spilling it, maybe. And that's inconvenient. Oh, oh, right. oh dear. Oh, dear. Yeesh. Right. <laughs> Carrying on. Here's some of the. Here's some of the things that they list here as to why certain communities aren't able, aren't as willing to give blood. So mm. blood bankers are reluctant to talk about why some communities are keener to donate than others. But read some of the myths about blood donation that they regularly publish and a picture emerges. Blood donation doesn't make you put on weight, nor does it affect your sex drive, though you shouldn't do vigorous exercise within 24 hours. That's fair. I'm out. It, it is not... <laughs> It is not against Islamic law or tradition. One of the most common reasons people who don't donate give is just that no one asks them. They don't consider it unless somebody asks them to in the first place. Where do they conduct these, by the way, in terms of the blood drives? That's when, you know, I worked. Ooh, at like I a- don't think they list in the, wet, in the uh, article oh, itself. I know what you're getting at. So um, I worked at like a very, very highfalutin uh, architecture engineering firm. Oh, yeah. And every like six months, there would be a big blood drive. They'd come by with the van and it's very... Like, the people who work at here, they're architects and engineers. So they make 
hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. And then it was all very part of uh, company culture that we're all going to do the blood drive. What was the demographics of that company? White and Asian, you know, mm. predominantly. So where do they send those kind of trucks to? I think they send them probably to places like that where they know there's a company culture or there's some kind of incentive that people are going to go out and, oh, we're going to collectively do this all together. Um, also, if they do it in Democrat voting cities, mm -hmm. then the ethnic population of a Democrat voting city are not likely to be the church going conscientious black people that probably would donate blood. Right. Instead, it's probably mm -hmm. likely to be the welfare dependent criminal element who may be taking drugs that would bar them from being able to give right. blood. Disproportionately so. Scholars, every one of them. Yes. Uh, COVID bereaved children. I think, I think we've kind of illustrated a point here and just to point out as well that this isn't just specific to blood as i mentioned earlier it's also stem cell and marrow transplants and then the, we've got similar campaigns here about why the bone marrow registry needs more diverse donors and how to sign up an interesting thing that i've seen as well is that if you get um it's, it's especially difficult if you get people who are of mixed race who need a bone marrow transplant because neither one of their parents is genetically similar in the marrow enough to be able to be a proper transplant for them. So you need to get people of similar mixed race ancestry so that it will match up. It's very interesting how all of this lines up. And honestly, on a kind of nerdy level, fascinating. Right. So you need a sibling or someone else who has, you know. Yeah. There's a quote from the Washington Post article that I see you've got in the script. And it oh, says, yeah. tell me where your ancestors lived 500 years ago and I'll tell you who your potential donors are. And there's Jeffrey Chell who works at the National Marrow Donor Program. So, you know, a really far right outlet there Streamers, that just says yeah. like we can trace back through multiple centuries as to who you can and can't give get bone marrow from yeah we don't all have the same innards unfortunately yes but i hope all of this has been enough to let you know that uh, as much as we shouldn't be bigoted and mindlessly discriminated to people of different backgrounds to us it is enough to say that no we're not all just the same on the inside we don't all bleed the same and we should be accepting of that not, not celebrating it. We don't have to celebrate it. Just get naked on the rooftops. Like, oh, I'm so happy about this. Just acknowledge it and let it allow you to navigate the world in a better way than um, liberal hegemony would like you to otherwise. And with that, let's uh, go on to the video comments. Me cooking souvlaki, showing you how to make pita. Do it. <laughs> From scratch with flour. <laughs> I didn't look a bit too excited. We'll get, we'll get a turk in to make the babs. Do it! Pour some vinegar here and clean the table so we can spread the dough. Um, well, on pancake day, we'll get a little hot plate in and we can make them. Yes. Yeah, 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 as, as. <laughs> Oh, that's okay. just awesome. Uh, hey, we've got the new hangouts, the Lads Hour. Maybe one of them we should just Lads Hour cooking stream, yeah. Mini kitchen. Yeah. So yep. Stelios in a, in a nice chef's hat. That would be, yeah, yeah, yeah. Show that image every, has to happen yeah, can now. show everybody how to cook pizza from scratch. And he smashes a bowl on the floor and yells, Opa. <laughs> Opa! <laughs> right, go on then, next one. Oh. So as I've mentioned, I've got a backlog of flower videos. So this was from the end of spring when the Clarkias were growing. And there were these really weird caterpillars on the Clarkias, which are those pink ones. And I had to look it up. And it turns out that they are called hummingbird moths that they turn into. And the hummingbird moths love Clarkias. So without these native flowers in my garden, I never would have known that this type of moth existed at all. And they're really cool. 
Normally, I hate moths, but those are actually really interesting-looking creatures. I love Flower Friday. Just a wholesome little addition yeah. to my week. California refugee. When it's Flower Friday, we always appreciate your contributions. So, in all cheers the, to you. In all the Zoom calls as well, he always comes in with some really niche knowledge that I feel like enriches my month. So, yeah, I, I appreciate you sending this stuff in. Yeah, cheers. So, let's go on to some of the written comments here, and let's get up Aiden's socials so everybody can know where to find her. All right, I'll just press next. There, there we go. go. Social science stuff. <laughs> also, again, many such cases. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so uh, some of the written comments. We've got Theodore Brewer being very complimentary, saying it's good to see Aiden Paladin on the podcast. She's one of the best YouTubers in the business, and it's good to see her here. Connor and Aiden makes this, I think, the most Catholic episode of this podcast. Oh, you're Catholic? I went to Catholic school. Oh, right. And, I, and, I went, and I've been trying to figure out Orthodox or Catholic. When I came back to the faith, I was a I was a Norse pagan for a long time. Right. I was an atheist when I was a teenager, like many people are. Right. But now it's like, no, okay, Orthodox or Catholic. Now, I know Catholicism because I grew up in it. So I, more it, or often, less. it often depends on the character of your local parish as well. And there's no Orthodox church where I live. So, there is a Catholic church. Okay, right. Well, so Norse pagan converting <laughs> to Christianity. I've seen this meme. Right. I've seen <laughs> right. this meme before. Well, it has happened once or twice in history, I yeah. think. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, may, maybe just a little bit. Uh, so on the first segment, Based Ape says that considering how many churches were burned down and violent attacks against Christians that occurred in, all encouraged by the Canadian government, Justin Castro <laughs> should have been removed for targeting a religious group with fake hate crimes. Also, Aiden! I love Aiden! Welcome to Lotus Eaters. Please hire her as a host. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean... That's very kind of you to say. And yeah, I think Justin Trudeau has done more than enough over the years, including just debanking people who oh, yeah. were doing things he didn't like. We have, a, have been removed. an exciting announcement coming on that front very soon. What, we're debanking people? Uh, yeah, sorry, Harry. You've <laughs> oh, got to go. No, uh, no we, have a, we have a guest next week who was very connected to the trucker protests from the on-the-ground uh, perspective. So yeah. we're learning a lot. Can't believe I'm off next week when all really cool guests are coming. Oh yeah, we've got a few very cool guests coming in. No, no, no. (laughs) You're a cool guest as well. I'm glad to be here, but also I'm missing some other cool guests next week. Can you hear the sound of that backpedaling? (laughs) Hey, I'm not backpedaling anyway. I've not said anything contradictory. Anyway, next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. Baron von Warhawk says, what the Catholic Church of Canada should do is sue these reporters for everything they get. This is clear slander as not one body was found and the Catholic community of Canada was clearly the victim of a hate crime. Therefore, it's only natural that these priests and nuns should get their pound of flesh and bleed these new companies for everything they've got. The problem with that is that Pope Francis met with the tribal leaders in that right, time right. and capitulated without any evidence. That is, that is a shame. Pope Francis is not a real Catholic. <clears throat> well, yep, second on that one, yep. so... Lord Nerevar says, just like the Canadian authorities, to be as cooked and self-hating as possible to the point where they'll invent a genocide to bludgeon themselves with. If I was Canadian, I'd be enraged. They're too polite. Yeah. Shaker Silver, it doesn't matter how much of a lie is, the requisite humiliation is complete thanks to our liberal government and media. It's a great way to make a subservient populace that hates their culture. Yeah, every, every time. And hates themselves. Well, yeah, that's, the, that's part of what it's all about. It's just bludgeoning, as they say. Over and over again, if you have any sort of reverent feelings towards your ancestors and the great things that they accomplished, the fact that they came over to a very hostile land and built civilization there, sorry, turns out building civilization, bad things can also happen in the process of doing so. So you should feel bad about that. Don't 
matter. Don't pay attention to the fact that the places, people that were already there were also brutalizing each other. Oh, no. They were just living out there in the fields, like dressing like Indians, living like yeah. Indians, doing all the peaceful, beautiful things that Indians do. Definitely no genocides whatsoever. Yeah, we just had to turn up and stop all that fun human sacrifice. <laughs> I've seen some hilarious quotes where people have put up a quote of like a really grizzled, old-looking Native American who goes, oh, I remember what my grandfather told me from before the white man got here. We would uh, ride the horses along the plains and all this. And then there's just loads of people going, the Europeans introduced horses yeah. to North America. So this is obviously a lie. This person has no idea or is just actively lying. Brandon Toms, incense the blame for 64 churches burning down over the course of a year. It would be interesting to compare those stats with the previous 2,000 years of churches burning incense. Not just 2,000 years, like, wooden churches burning incense as well. It's almost like we have ritualistic reverence for these sorts of things and wouldn't be so careless. No, nah, but have you considered that Lance, Lance knows better? No. He's a big brain guy. He is huge brained. Have you seen the size of his skull? <laughs> <laughs> sure, that's the kids, that's to house the enormous brain or all of that dead air. Uh, Geordie Swordsman says them 250 bodies founded by ground penetrating radar me remembering the blocky splotches of green blue and purple produced by GPR on time team uh-huh sure yeah totally oh yeah time team all, always used to yeah. use that stuff so they could find ground disturbances and yeah if you've got any familiarity with lo what it looks like you're not finding bodies with that not until you start to dig up these sites which they're not going to do Derek Power Leftists, Jesus didn't really exist, and certainly not in the way Christians say he was. How dare you believe in such unsubstantiated nonsense? Also leftists, Christians genocided the BIPOX. Never mind, there's no evidence for this whatsoever. The amazing thing is I've been watching a lot of Metatron recently, and yeah. he's got some really great videos on the historic reality of Jesus. I want to do a video on this at some point. Yeah, you should, because there is lots, lots and lots and lots of evidence to support the fact that he did exist. And so if you get people saying, well, the people writing contemporary accounts were 30 years after. Yeah, and we know Alexander the Great existed for accounts of him like 300 years after. So if you're going to accept one being a real life historical figure, you've got to accept the other as well. Uh, let's go on to your comments. Yeah, wonderful. Le Awful French. Nice name. The first woman's life is so meaningless she has to fill it with useless garbage just to cope. She not only lacks a husband and kids, but also lacks any kind of hobbies except passively watching shows. Who would want someone like this? Yeah, she is the human embodiment of the bread and circus enjoyer. Once again, she was literally advertising that she can cook exotic meals. That was a pr dating profile was a, right there. Did you notice the show that she watched too? Is Real Housewives. What are you not? Huh. A housewife. Interesting. There you go. Yeah. The, the other thing that I forgot to mention as well is uh, Caitlin Moran, the woman that wrote that insufferable book, what, uh, What's Wrong With Men, or whatever oh. it's titled. Oh, what Do Men Want, I think it is. No, that's Nina Power, who's actually really lovely, and we've got an interview coming oh, up. Oh, okay, all right. Uh, that's a really good book. Um, Caitlin Moran, should be pronounced moron, went on Lorraine's show and said, well, boys have Andrew Tate and girls have Beyonce, so we're winning. And it's like, right, yeah, that girl went to Beyonce concert. Really looks like she's winning. Say so much. I've learned Mid. to despise Beyonce. <laughs> Mid. Andrew Narok, isn't her life wonderful? Don't you want me to drink your little heart out and wake up with such a raging hangover that you feel compelled to sleep in? Yeah, also getting up at like half ten. Um, I've done worse. If you have a half five, it's much better. Um, Rose, I've become very frustrated with my sisters recently. When they were in their 20s, they swore up and down they didn't want children ever. I told them they better be sure because the window would close. Well, now the eldest of those sisters, I'm the eldest overall, has expressed a wish to have children. She's 35. I told her she didn't listen. I only hope she can pull it off. Well, good luck to her. Yeah, prayers go to her. But um, this is why the culture should not enforce this narrative because it becomes very difficult to do so. 
Uh, Grant Gibson, I've been through all of TV, so I'm going to rewatch some absolute dreck. Got a pretty stacked day. Imagine saying that and not just shaking your head and going outside. <laughs> go to a field. Do that thing that leftists always tell you to do and touch grass. Yep. Yeah. If you want to be a trad wife, go take a picture in a field of wheat. Um, Sophie Liv, man, I feel so disconnected from these women. Sounds miserable. Meanwhile, I'm honestly fantasizing about moving to the forest with a good man, building an old schoolhouse, having cinema Fridays where I show the kids all the classics that they need to know using a projector in the backyard. So uh, hit me up, lads. I just want a man who wants to be in the forest. <laughs> so she's taking your tactic there you go see yeah. it's just advertising I think I'll just start doing that at this point um, there Alex, you go. do you want to just be in the forest yeah, probably it's alright <laughs> there you go it's like the end of Brazil right before he gets lobotomized <laughs> right 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 yeah uh, and Claire for that woman who says she's happy being single many such cases when you're older those lip fillers will deflate and the makeup won't cover your awful personality <laughs> not a lady I'm going to take advice from oh that's painful yeah, again, fertility markers are meant to be the prerequisite to securing yourself a man that takes care of you when the beauty has faded, but not really happening. And lastly, someone online, why would they need anything other than the guy porting at the voice courts to convince men not to get married? Um, sure, that needs some kind of adjustment. Obviously. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's just an injustice. However, the point is to pre-select for someone with the same Who values. Won't. that It's not even an option on the table. Yes. And yeah. there are an increasing number of those people retaliating against the current culture. So don't discourage men and women from meeting those people and just giving up. And I understand why people are afraid of that, but don't give up. Yeah. Yes. And uh, I think that's all we've got time for, but I will just say that somebody, Bruce Pavilion, has said he thinks that we've been going long enough now that it's time for a Lord of the Rings analysis of the books and the films. Okay. And so that is probably longer that would you, especially really... now that we have the panel. <laughs> that would be a really big undertaking. We'd need a multi-part series for that. It would, it would and they would probably be like hours long, each of them. But, I, I think it would be worth the time. Do you think we can we can out Longman the extended trilogy? No. That's only about nine hours. If we did like a multi-part series, we probably would. Eh, maybe, maybe. Challenge accepted. But that, that's all we've got time for. Aiden, remind everybody again where they can find you. Yeah, uh, it's Aiden Paladin, A-Y-D-I-N-P-A-L-A-D-I-N on YouTube, or you can follow me on Twitter. Um, what kind of stuff do you do on YouTube for everyone? On YouTube, I do uh, the kind of intersection of social science and politics, news, current events. Uh, I've got a new video coming out now that's about an African-American professor who worked at Florida State University who was found to have just faked six of his studies, just totally faked them, and it took four years for him to be fired over this. Uh, Of course, what was he studying? Uh, Lynching. Right. Oh, and wow. racism and modernity. And yeah, it was all just, it was all BS. He made it all up. Thousands of people lynched every day. Yep. I swear, guys. Yep. Uh, and so, yep, follow Aiden. Uh, and thank you very much for watching. We'll see you again on Monday. Till then, goodbye. Goodbye.